Welcome to the Vision Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and everything happening at Vision, visit us online at visionnwa.com. We are here, gathered here together. And you may think, well, I just came to church. Well, there's a difference between coming and gathering. And today the word is gather. Let's gather and see what God's going to do. We talked a little bit about, in the announcement video, uh, about small groups, V groups. And that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. But let's go ahead and open up with a word of prayer, and then we will get started. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you that this is the day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, we are excited about what today will bring because you're in the center of it, Jesus. We want to follow you. We want to hear your voice. And the voice of a stranger, we will not follow, but we will follow you. And you are all about connecting the body of Christ. You want to connect with us, and you want us to connect with one another. And the best way to do that is in small groups. So, Father, I thank you that you will just speak through me and in spite of me. I want to step to the side and just let you just just flow through me today, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen, because you don't want what I've got. We want what God's got for us. Amen. Well, this past week, I was just really talking, and and I was asking a few people in my life um, at work and things, what is small group for you? And and every, every answer basically was like, oh, Wow, it's just connection. It's connection. It's getting to know one another. I've heard that it said. I've, I've heard it said that we learn in rows, but we grow in circles. And so that's the importance of getting a part of a group. Um, there was someone who called this week, and they were asking if we had groups, and we're like, yes, we have groups. So what are these groups all about? But let's before we get into that, why should we have groups? Even our Creator wanted to have groups. Zach talked about it earlier during worship and praise. He said, God said, let us make man in our image. There's the first small group. The first small group is the Trinity. He said, let us make man in our image. He wasn't just saying, oh, what are we going to do? He's like, no, I've got a plan. I've got a purpose. And I want to connect with humanity. So let's make man in our image. So if God wanted fellowship Don't you think we were created for fellowship? No one was created to be an island unto themselves. Oh, I don't need people. I can do this thing by myself. How's that working out for you? We need people. We get married because we want companionship. We join the gym because we're lonely, so we want to be around people. We come to church, but you can come to church and be the loneliest person in the room because you're not connected. So let's talk about connection. Gather is a word that kind of is a word picture. Connectedness, we get that too. Belonging, there's a, there's a fun word, belonging, to know that we belong. The definition of loneliness, sadness, because one has no friends or company. Isolation, that sounds pretty cold and dark and just lonely, all by yourself. That's exactly where the enemy wants us to stay. He wants us to stay isolated so that he can isolate isolate us from 
the herd, the group, the fold, so that he can start feeding, feeding lies. But as long as we're with the group and we're connected, people can speak into our lives. We can speak into your life, and you can, you can really know who you are in Christ. So that's why it's so important to be connected. A few weeks ago, we, were, we went to Tulsa for my birthday, and um, there's a park there called The Gathering Place. You, some of you may have heard about it. Some of you may have questions about it. Is it worth my time going? Well, let me tell you, this Gathering Place Park, I looked it up, some of the, some of the stats on it. It is a pretty amazing place. This is the, the, the river in, in Tulsa, so it's next to the Riverwalk, and that is all the Gathering Place. Well, it was Tulsa's Gathering Place was named the best new attraction in the nation in 2018. USA Today did that. Uh, it was a USA Today Reader's Choice Award. In 2019, the Gathering Place made Time Magazine's list of the world's 100 greatest places in 2019. We're talking the world. This is Tulsa, Oklahoma. But we're talking specifically about the Gathering Place. National Geographic's list of 12 mind-bending playgrounds around the world, and the American Planning Association's list of six great public spaces in America. Why am I talking about the gathering place? What does that have to do with us today? Obviously, there's a need to gather. Why would they spend, what is it, $465 million and running? They're still building there. Why did they put that kind of money into a place? Because people need to gather. It's one thing to come to a place. It's another thing to gather. Years ago, I was reading a, a, a really good book. It was called Embrace Grace by Liz Curtis Higgs. She's one of my, my authors that I seek out. And by the way, ladies, little side caveat, we're starting a book study in November. We'll talk more about it next week, but get your book. It's called The Women of Christmas by Liz Curtis Higgs. Anyway, so she wrote a book called Embrace Grace. So she was talking about the difference between a hug and an embrace. A hug is a little pat on the back, even more appropriately, a side hug, but it's a quick interaction. In embrace, you linger, you hold, you feel. And so I was telling Becca the difference between, that she was Rebecca back then, and so um, I was telling her the difference. Wow, this is really cool. So a couple days later, she came to me and she goes, Mom, I need an embrace. I mean, it just stopped me in my tracks. I was just like, well, come here. And that's when you, you hold and you linger. And that's a gather. When you come that's not interactive. When you gather, that's investing. When you come, it's attending. When you gather, it's investing. God wants to invest in you. He gave his son. He gave his all. Now he's going to watch over that investment. And he wants to see a return on his investment. He's a great businessman. He knows what he's doing. So, as we come, are we just coming or are we gathering? Are we on the same page? Are you tracking with me? 
If you come, that means you just come on Sundays and then you leave. And I've got to put on my, my running shoes and chase you out the door and say, hey, I need a hug or an embrace. I think we're going to start seeing more embraces now. Women to women and men to men. Come on, let's just make it plain. But, you know, you know where I'm going now. All right. So I have um, three, three quick points. This is going to be short because we're going to be continuing with, with the small groups in the back. But you may think, well, small groups biblical, or is that just a man-made thing? Small groups are in the Bible. They're introduced in the book of Acts. The first part of the church, book of Acts, they met from house to house. They broke bread together. Food's generally a part of it because, you know, hey, for some reason you just connect better with food, right? Or coffee or tea or whatever. Or bring your own. But So there's Acts, but there's also another account in Romans chapter 16, 1 Corinthians 16, and Philemon chapter 1. But the three points that I have for small groups today, and there's many, many, many. I'm just going to boil it down to three. Purpose, provision, and presence. The church gathering is for impartation and revelation. Oh, wow. Pastor Phil just, 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 just brought this alive, just brought the Word of God alive. That's revelation. The light bulb came on. Not a TED Talk. It's the Word of God. And it's going to come alive in our lives because it's revelation and impartation as we come to church. But small groups are for implementation. That's when we walk it out. If Sunday morning is for listening, then the rest of the week is for living. So we come in here, we listen, yeah, because this is not the format to go, hey, what did you mean by that? Hey, Bill, what, da, 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 da. hey, da, da. And then we would have chaos, and God is about order. So we come together, we gather together to listen for revelation and impartation, and then throughout the week, we live it out. And that's where the small groups come in, in secular and sacred spaces, you are in the ministry. If you are a believer, if you are a follower of Jesus and you have breath in your lungs, you're in the ministry. You don't have to hold the Bible up here and preach. And most of you are like, good, I'm glad I'm off the hook there. But tomorrow morning when you go to work, when you go to school, when you, when you love on your family, how are you doing it? You are ministering to your family. Your family is your first congregation. That's how we raised our kids. We were, we were in the ministry. We had other people to oversee, but our family was our first ministry. Let me get back to my notes here. So small groups are for putting to practice what we've learned and what, what, what's been revealed to us. It's the walking out of living as Christ Jesus walked, following his example. And we do that by talking to each other. Hey, Lisa, how did you handle this situation? Or, or, or Miss, Miss Patricia, You've been in this way longer than I have, so I need some wisdom. That's sister-to-sister connectedness. That's sister-to-sister gathering. And the guys do it differently. They grunt more, I think, you know, and they they grill. They grunt and grill. But that's that's good. That's good. So so let's go back to our points, our three little points. Purpose. I said a moment ago, our purpose is to be in sacred and secular spaces. Our purpose is not just to be us in here and them out there. That's not the purpose of God. God is about connectedness. God is about, he loves everybody, even when they're not lovable. Aren't you thankful? That's me. 
I'm not always lovable, and I'm so thankful that God loves me in spite of me. Well, when you clean all this up, it looks easy to love. But when somebody you come in contact with who are cantankerous, who are stinky and smelly and ugly and grumpy and all the, all of the above, and you think, I don't, have a, I don't have to like them because they don't even like themselves. Well, what would Jesus do? you got to put on your game face, and you got to love them. you got to see them the way God sees them. And I'm so glad that God loves me in spite of all of my faults and my failures. Let's, let's do a little bit of, of backtracking about the early church because we're talking about small groups in the church. How is this all going to work out? I'm going to read this. It's just real short just so that because I'm not, I'm not like a... David Barton historian, but I love, I love history, and I, don't, I just want to get it straight. So, the early church was heavily persecuted, which we all know that. They were rejected and mocked for their faith, yet they were never shy about sharing their faith in the streets, educational centers, the fields, the lecture halls, and the marketplaces. The followers of Jesus were everywhere. The heavier the persecution, the more the church flourished and thrived. It's kind of like what's happening now with all the persecution going on with the church here in America. Now, I understand. Let me qualify that. We have first world problems in America, okay? We're not talking that we're being beheaded and we're not being chased by lions and we're not being, you know, necklaced or anything like that like they are in other countries, but we are experiencing some form of American persecution here in our, in our states because of the misappropriation of, of, of power. Anyway, but the, the more that's happening in California and, and Oregon and Washington and D.C. and all these places, worship is happening. It's stirring up. Have you seen that on social media? It's called Hold the Line and Worship, Worship Outside. It's with, with Sean Foyt. Am I saying that right, Zach? Sean Sean Foyt, follow this guy if you can. Support what he's doing because he's helping the bodies of Christ in other, in other states who can't do this, do it outside. We did it outside a couple of weeks ago, and that was amazing. But there's churches being persecuted and, and fined and feed and all of that stuff for just coming in here and doing this. So, but the church is flourishing and thriving in the midst of persecution. We're still talking about the the early church. The people were passionate about this gospel that they said yes to. The early church was in every aspect of society. There was no separation of church from state. There was no physical building to separate us from them. They were literally leaven in the dough. Our mentality needs to be, add me to anything and it's going to rise. I don't care how bad your situation is at work. If you're there, it's going to get better. That's why you're there. We've heard about, you know, salt and light and be the light in the darkness. But, hey, think of leaven in the, in the dough. You cannot separate that. And it, and it infiltrates every part of that dough, doesn't it, Roger? It's out there. You can't, you can't separate the leaven from the dough once it's in there. Same thing with Christians. Once we're in there, it's going to rise. Well, so then the church, as history, as history would tell it, everything changed in the 4th century. Constantine became a follower of Christ, and overnight, society changed. Church and state became one. Heads of empires, kings and queens became heads of, heads of the church. 
The crusaders were on a mission to convert people to the emperor's religion. This, is their, this was their mantra. Convert or die. Convert to Christianity or die. That, that was going on, too, in our, in our country. And, I mean, in, not in our country, but where, where the, the modern world was going on. If you've ever been to Europe, the center city, what's the tallest building? The cathedrals. Cathedrals were, were the place for, 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 for commerce, for, for religion, for education, for everything revolved around that. So it got, got really outbalanced because no longer was the church a heart thing. It became an institution. And God does not want his word institutionalized. He doesn't want our relationship to be religion. He wants a relationship. He says, hey, I, I know you. I can talk directly to you. Now, can he use people to speak a word through? Yes. And that's why I take notes. Note takers are world changers. I'm looking for note takers. Note takers are world changers. We write it down because we'll, we'll retain it more. Let me get back. So Christianity is a relationship, but we are not born Christian. Well, I became born again, yes, but this is how we become Christian. A lifestyle of Christianity has to be modeled. Now, you see us here for, for two hours on Sunday morning. How much modeling can happen right here? Oh, I like her shoes. Oh, I can't believe she wore that with that today, but, you know. I mean, it's just a quick, it's a quick interaction on a Sunday morning. But the modeling happens at small group. The modeling happens throughout the week. Pick up the phone, text somebody, hey, how's it going? Know who the person is you're sitting next to. And if you already know them, switch seats and sit next to somebody you don't know. Because they're pretty good. But all this sounds like the importance of small groups. The, import, the purpose is to get out of the four walls of the church and into the homes. So that's the purpose. Provision. Luke, there's a wonderful story in the book of Luke about Jesus feeding the 5,000. Now, that's a big group. That was just men, by the way. And you know if there's men, they got there somehow with the right shoes matching the right clothes so you know their wives were with them. They got there to the right place. So why, women and children were there too. So we're talking probably about 15,000 people gathered, and they were listening to Jesus, and they were hungry, and his disciples were like, who's going to feed these people? And Jesus said, you are, and they're like, wah. Well, he gave them some plans, and the plan was sit them down in groups of 50s, here and there, sit them down in groups. Well, what does that sound like to you? Out of a group of 15,000 people, Jesus made smaller groups. Now, we're talking around here, small groups, 8 to 10, okay, so that you really get to know people, not 50 to 100, but when you're talking 15,000, to feed them. And small groups provide an ideal way to care for the needs of people within the church. It is much easier for the members of a group to notice and provide help. You come in here, you put on the makeup, you put on the, the clothes, you are rocking it, you're looking great, you put on a smile. We can't see your needs because your pride is way right here. And 
We don't know most of the time what you're really needing, what you're really facing. But in a small group, walls come down more. And you're able to say, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you, you're dealing with that too? Well, well, let me tell you what, what's going on in my life. That's how small group interaction works. It breaks it down and makes everybody human. The structure of a small group is essentially a community of believing friends. Friends should help one another, especially Christian friends. Small groups keep a large church small. And people, we're on the grow. This place is not going to be able to hold us in a couple of months because we're going to be outgrowing this place, the Jones Center. God's got another place for us. I don't know when or where, but I'm speaking it out. So as we grow, the connectedness happens in small groups. Pastor Phil and I will always be available to you and our leadership, but small groups is where it's at. And then those small group leaders can also be mentored and be a mentor to you to to help you grow. The third point before I close is presence. Presence. The word says in Matthew chapter 18, verses 19 and 20. Let's just read that. I love the word. Matthew 18, 19, and 20. Again, this is Jesus talking. Again, I assure you, if two of you on earth agree about any matter that you pray for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there among them. Wow. The power of agreement. You're not alone. We're in this thing together. Connectedness. We're gathered together. God's power is free. This is Lou Ingold. Zach was sharing this with me. He said, God's power is free, but his presence will cost us everything we have. How much do we want? We say, God, I want more. How much do we want? We have a ceiling in our minds, but God has no ceiling. Come on, he's still creating the universe. His words are still in, in, in active, still activating. With one word, it's still going. That's our God. God wanted fellowship. He met with his small group in the garden in the cool of the evening. And I want to read that scripture because if you ever want to know what the word of God says, just go to it. He said, I'm going to jump back, chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock and all the earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. Some, some, some versions say all the creatures that creep on the earth. So that means we have authority over creeps. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them, help me finish it, male and female. Enough said, drop the mic. That issue's taken care of. God wants to meet with you so much. Do you want to meet with him? 
You may be in this place and you are the loneliest person in this room. God's, God's got a plan. He wants to meet with you in the cool of the evening. And that could be right now. He created a place to meet with us. Will we create a place to meet with him? Let's bow our heads. God, we thank you. We thank you that, that you love us so much that you've not left us alone. You want to connect with us. You want to gather. You want to embrace us. So God, we, we yield our hearts to you. You may be here and say, well, I'm not fully yielded. There's, there's places in my heart that I've been hurt. And I don't know if I can do it again. And God says, hey, I created you the first time. I can recreate with no scar tissue. That's how God heals. No scar tissue. We sang a song earlier. This is my story. We all have a story. But I'm here to tell you that your best days are right in front of you. Your past does not determine your future. God is right here, right now. And if you're willing to say, God, you have my yes. Here's my life. Do something with it. Raise your hand. Just put your hand up and say, that's me. I want more. I want my life to just be so full. He loves you. Thank you. I see those. God sees those. God, I thank you right now that you are touching every single person in this place. God, you are giving yourself more to them because they're opening up their hearts more. That's how you get more, when you open up your heart more to God. Because he's never done. He's never done. God, I thank you. So, Father, I pray. I pray a blessing over every single person in this room. God, as they come to you, as they gather, as they embrace you, I thank you that you are showing yourself real to them. Let them feel your presence in this place, God. And when they leave this place, when the music turns off and the lights turn out, help them to continue this, this journey of trust in your presence, God. Now, if you raised your hand, and even if you didn't raise your hand, and you want to pray a commitment prayer to God, just repeat after me. It's real simple. Say, Dear Jesus, Come into my life. I give you my yes. I'm sorry for the times I tried to do it by myself. I need you in my life. And I accept the work you did, Jesus. And I commit to you today 
to walk out your plan. You're the boss, Jesus. I will listen to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search Vision Church. If you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give.